Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them the tools to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today is going to be such a treat because I'm talking with a true pro in the industry that we are doing right now, which is interviews, podcasting, broadcasting, things like that. And we're going to learn so much, and this is going to be so cool. You know, and and I want to take a step back just for a second to talk, you know, I used to talk a lot about social media, but we've, you know, move more into just general business things, but people always tell me, I don't make good business connections on social media. Well, excuse me, but my guest today is a Facebook friend, and we have been friends for many, many months. So see, you just never know where you're going to make those great business connections. So please join me in welcoming Jessica Rhodes to our program today. Deb, thanks for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. This is going to be so informative because you truly are an expert in not only being an interviewer, but being an interviewee. So as you put it, rocking both sides of the mic. Yes. Um, and you know, so you know, let, let me tell folks just a little bit about you and then we will just really jump into this. So Jessica Rhodes is the founder and CEO of InterviewConnections.com, the premier guest booking agency for podcasters and guest experts. And she is the acclaimed author of Interview Connections, How to Rock the Podcast from Both Sides of the Mic. Jessica is the host of Interview Connections TV, where each week she helps her viewers rock the podcast from both sides of the mic. She hosts and co-hosts three podcasts, Roads to Success, The Podcast Producers, and The Parenting Roads. The Podcast Producers was selected by Apple as a how-to podcast show on iTunes and has also been included in the syllabus for a course about podcasting and audio journalism at Western University in Ontario, Canada. Jessica is a speaker and has been a speaker at Podcast Movement, PodcastFest.us, and Dream Builders Business Academy. She lives in Rhode Island with her husband and her two beautiful kids. So again, Jessica, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, and, and the, the one thing that I didn't mention that we really must mention is social media. I'm going to say it wrong because I don't have it here in front of my face. You're going to be on the panel of Social Media Marketing World. Did I get yes, that right? Yes, you got it right. I'm going to be on John Lee Dumas, who's the host mm -hmm. of Entrepreneur on Fire, is running a panel. He's moderating a panel of experts who can talk about being a guest on podcasts. So Jill Stanton from, I believe it's Screw the 9 to 5 podcast, mm -hmm. um, Aaron Walker, he's a business and life coach view from the top and myself. And I think that's the three of us. I don't know if I'm missing one, one more person. Uh, but yeah, we're talking about being a guest on podcasts. I'm excited. I'll be each one of us will be giving a story about, you know, some podcasts that we've been a guest on what it's done for our business and how, you know, what our recommendations and advice is for the audience there who, you know, wants to grow their business by being a guest on podcasts. Perfect. So let's really jump into that because podcasting or live interviews, you know, and, and you know, so for those that are a little unfamiliar with my program, it airs first on Mile High Radio, and then it is uploaded both to my website and to iTunes, so it becomes a podcast. So I'm kind of one of those crossover folks, um, but there's, you know, plenty of internet radio stations out there, Radio X, you know, all sorts of different things where you can do that. And then, of course, you can just have your own podcast, which is a way to get your message out there in so many different ways. But but let's start with being a guest on a podcast. So Jessica, why is it important and why should a business owner even think about being a guest on somebody else's podcast? Yeah, I mean, this is a great question because a lot of people are, you know, they're strapped for time. Business owners have a lot going on. You have your core business that you have to be working in. You want to work on your business and do a lot of marketing. And the question is, what kind of marketing is actually going to produce the greatest results? Mm -hmm. Well, especially for service Based business owners, business coaches, anyone maybe with a web agency, a business like mine where I'm, you know, booking podcast interviews for people, people, you know, clients really want to feel like they know, like, and trust. Like we right. all know that the know, like, and trust factor has to be there. Mm -hmm. And 
one of the reasons that the know, like, and trust factor is so important is people will continue working with a business owner because they know, like, and trust them, even if they might not be the best. And I'll give you a perfect example. Okay. The woman who cleans my office, she is delightful. Her personality is through the roof. She's always got the neighborhood gossip. Like, she's awesome. We love her. She's great with our kids. Not the best cleaning person in the world. Like, so, you know, I'd be like, hey, you know, you missed a cobweb in the corner. Right, right. Mm-hmm. But and, and so people are like, why do you still use her? I'm like, because her personality makes up for it. Like, we right. just we love her. She's so trustworthy, you know. So she's someone that you, you leave your key with. You don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. So the no like, and trust factor is huge. And the reason you want to be a guest on podcasts is because people will feel like they know you after they hear you on a podcast. They can hear your voice. They can hear the stories that you tell and get mm-hmm. to know you personally. Even the little things like hearing the the kind of the accent in your voice, whether you're from the Midwest or the Northeast or the South, like they kind of feel like they know you a little bit. Right. And they're getting all of this free content from you. So they're they're you are demonstrating that you are an expert in what you do mm-hmm. by being on a podcast where you're not selling, but you're giving free and valuable information. And the last thing is when you're on somebody else's show. The listeners are there because they know the host. Most likely every listener is there because they know the host, they found the show, and now this guest is a new person. Well, by being on somebody's podcast, you are getting a tacit endorsement of Mm -hmm. you and your services from that host. It's a very powerful thing. It's like kind of brings in the power of referral there. Right, right. You know, and and the whole word of mouth and, and all of those things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. People hear it. They pass it along. It's all content marketing. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and there's obviously thousands, hundreds of thousands of podcasts that are out there. So a, a business person can find anything that really fits for them. And it, you know, mine is an hour long and that mm-hmm. is a little intimidating for folks. Um, mm-hmm. Now, my job as the interviewer is to make sure that we can do an hour. You know, mm-hmm. and, and so, and I have had people who've said, I don't think I can talk that long. And I said, that's my job to, to make sure that we can, but mm-hmm. you know, for some people, an hour might not be doable. Maybe they just don't have that much time in their schedule or they really don't think they could talk that long. It's intimidating. All those things. There's 10 minute podcasts, you know, anything mm-hmm. in between. So, and maybe it is better to kind of start off, <coughs> excuse me, with a 10 minute one and then work yeah. up to the longer ones. Yeah. And I would say, Dev, and I know this might sound a little bit harsh. I think you're maybe you might be nicer than I am. But if you are in a line of business and you can't imagine talking about your topic for an hour, you might be in the wrong business. Right. <laughs> like, you know, I, I've only <laughs> ever had it happen one time where I approached someone and said, hey, I'd love to talk to you you know, on my radio program. And and they said, I can't talk that long. And I said, mm-hmm. really? I just heard you give a 45-minute presentation. Right, <laughs> you know? right. And, and I said, and you have a long book. And they kind of hummed and hawed around. And so I just let them off the hook and said, you know, thank you very much. I don't know if it was me. They didn't want to talk to me or they didn't want to be on the radio or whatever it was. But mm-hmm. it was like, okay, I'm not going to tap dance around. You don't want to do it. You don't want to do it. That's fine. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously people that it's a scheduling thing. Like they could talk about their thing for hours, but they don't want to spend the time on a radio show or a podcast. But mm-hmm. I think that it's it's a really effective way to get your message heard to reach new people like being a guest on a podcast is a way to get in front of new audiences some people think that being a guest on podcasts is a replacement for hosting your own show oh I can be a guest and I don't have to produce it awesome Mm -hmm. well the problem is you don't own that media it's not your show you can't edit it you don't control where it's being distributed where you know where on iTunes it is all that stuff so it's important to host your own show but being a guest is key because it's getting you in front of new potential Mm -hmm. uh, audiences members for you right so say you're a business owner and you think okay this is a good thing let's initially talk about the equipment that somebody needs to have in order to be a good podcasting guest and you cover this in your book and again let me tell folks the name of the book it's called interview connections how to rock the podcast from both sides of the mic and you do in your book you explain so we'll just give snippets we don't you know we won't because we won't be able to get the book. But yeah, there are definitely things that if you're going to be a guest on someone's podcast or a live interview, you know, whatever it is, there are things that you absolutely and and folks, there's no cheating on this or thinking, oh, you know, this 
doesn't work. No, you absolutely have to have some of this equipment. So Jessica, kind of roll through some of the things that people have to have. Yeah. Okay. So let's just start with the basic, a microphone. If you're going to be interviewed on podcasts, you have to have a microphone. No, you can't depend on the mic that's in the top of your laptop. You know, that's the internal mic. It's going to sound like you're in a metal tube. Mm -hmm. So you want to have a microphone and you don't have to spend a lot of money to do this. The Audio Technica 2100 Mm -hmm. is a great microphone. It's a dynamic microphone, which means it's only going to capture the sound that's right in front of it. Mm -hmm. So when you get that, they call it the ATR 2100. It's on Amazon for like $70. It's a great investment. It's not that much money for a good microphone. And you want to put like three fingers together. And three fingers is the distance between your mouth and the microphone. So you should be pretty close to that microphone or else it's going to sound like there's a lot of, it's going to sound like you're across the room. Mm -hmm. So get that microphone and then Honestly, any headphones or earbuds that you have laying around, if you get an iPhone, the earbuds that come with that iPhone are going to work fine. Just put those in your ear. And the reason you want to have headphones is so you don't have an echo because if the output, the speakers from the computer are then going back into the mic, it might produce an echo. So -hmm. you want to have headphones and then you just want to be in a quiet environment. Now, we don't, you know, have to be like in a studio with acoustic panels on the wall and like all soundproof. If you're a guest on a podcast, especially as a business owner being interviewed, you don't need to worry about like the most soundproof room, but you should be in a space where there's no distractions and it's quiet. If you work from home, if you have kids, put the TV on, tell them not to bother you for an hour. Mm -hmm. If you have a loud cat, get lock it in the other room. (laughs) So do little things like that to ensure that there's not going to be a lot of distractions. And that's really the basics. Oh, and then the other thing is Skype. Most interviews I would say are connected on Skype. Mm -hmm. Some podcasters will, you know, some people honestly use the phone. So use a, you know, landline or a, like an office phone, not like Mm -hmm. your cell phone. Um, some people will use, there's a lot of different services coming out like TriCast, Zencaster, ring uh what do they call it ringer these Mm -hmm. are all apps where you can connect with people for an interview over the internet so the Mm -hmm. host will tell the guest how to connect with them for the interview but i would say if you get a microphone headphones and skype you are good to go Mm -hmm. well and you know let's let's talk a little bit more about the microphone i've got a big blue snowball same thing it was under a hundred dollars um i really like it one of the the key things that i have is what they call a pop filter Yes. And it's this little piece of looks like nylon hose mm-hmm. <laughs> that mm-hmm. is in a circle that is uh, you put it in front of the microphone. And let's see, let me let me move it and see if I can make it do what, what it's supposed to do. So so if I'm talking and I don't have the pop screen in front, sometimes my S's and my P's will come out a little bit mm-hmm. funny. Absolutely. But then if I put the pop filter in, it mutes that. So you don't have that noise. Yes, exactly. I mean, I can hear the difference. I have more of a trained ear, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's, there's absolutely a difference there. So you want to get something, um, there's like these foam, uh, padded things that you can just put over the microphone, depending Mm -hmm. on what kind. Mm -hmm. And the other thing, you know, some tips on mic technique is if you're about, especially with a condenser microphone, I don't know if the snowball is a condenser. I know the blue Yeti is a condenser. That means it's going to pick up the sound like around a much Mm -hmm. wider range. It's Mm -hmm. important to, if you're going to take a deep breath or breathe, you know, just breathe more deeply, just turn your head. So that way it's not not hyperventilating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I've heard podcasts where the person's talking, it's like, like like you can hear them breathing and it's just because the mic is really sensitive. So just by turning your head, when you take a breath or muting the microphone, if you're going to cough, just click that little mute button on Skype and then unmute it when you're done. And it's like, it never happened. (laughs) It's funny. I had a guest who it was his very first interview. And I told him, I said, oh, my gosh, your mic is absolutely fantastic. He um, is, in addition to doing his business things, he's a gamer. And so he has mm-hmm. one of those headset mics that, yeah. that, you know, that was incredible sound. I mean, I and, and he said it was $69 also, you know, and, and so yeah. like, this is not a big investment that, that mm-hmm. we're talking about, but it's worth it. So that you don't sound like you're in the bottom of the barrel or, you know, right. like trucks going by. Right before Jessica and I started, I was just absolutely mortified because the leaf blower man was outside. I'm like, oh, really? (laughs) But things happen. I mean, you know, you you can't keep everything from from being there, but you can set things up to make the interview as best as you can. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Now, one of the other things that I got, it was funny because I was looking on Amazon at the, the mic that you recommended and it was showing the little tripod stand. 
Mm-hmm. And I got one of those initially and used it once. Mm. And the reason I only used it once is I'm a fidgeter as I'm you know, doing an interview or being interviewed. Right. And so every time I touched my desk, it and it even just barely touched, it sounded like an explosion because that sound was carrying up the tripod. And so I now have a, a boom mic yes. stand. And so it mm-hmm. attaches to the side of my desk. You know, it, it when I'm not using my mic, it's, you know, swiveled out of the way. Again, under a hundred bucks, folks, not yeah. a big expense. I use the same thing. The Especially I used, when I started podcasting, I had a Blue Yeti and it would mm-hmm. just, you know, it sits on the desk. And again, every time you touch, right. move the mouse, anything, mm-hmm. it picks it up. Mm-hmm. So what my uh, editor at the time, what he told me to do, he goes, just get like a kind of a flat pillow or a right. dish towel mm-hmm. and put that under the mic mm-hmm. and that'll help mute the sound. So if you don't want to buy a boom stand, just put some cloth down on your desk and put the microphone on top of that and it'll right. kind of mute the sound a little bit. Mm-hmm. Little hacks. Yes. <laughs> you know, little things that are easy ways to make sure that you've got a good interview because mm-hmm. again, you know, you never know who's hearing this and hopefully who's hearing it are potential clients and potential customers. Mm-hmm. So you don't want the sound going like this and you know, but you want people <laughs> to hear your message and, and understand what you're doing. Right, right. It was funny, you mentioned Skype. Um, I use Skype to do our interviews, and I um, and we'll talk about recording software in just a moment, but it's very important to use what the host is asking you to use. I had somebody yes. one time that point blank refused to use Skype. Mm-hmm. Didn't, didn't like the program, wouldn't use Skype. I said, well, I'm sorry. Then I'm not going to have you on the program. I said, because that's I have to use Skype in order to use the software that I have to record the program. Mm-hmm. And and his you know his rationale for not using Skype was the government listens. <laughs> you know, so that, God. It could be just a totally different program. Um, I've also had people that have said I'd prefer to use the phone. Again, the software that I use to record the program, you know, and I go through. And then of course my favorites are the people that want to do it via video. I say, okay, it's radio. <laughs> you know? There's a reason I do a podcast. Yes. It's because I don't want to see you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just put my makeup on and do my hair. Um, you know, and, and so it, it is very important to follow what the host is saying. Now, if the host asks, you know, mm-hmm. do you have a preference? Clearly, you know, there, there's something there. So, you know, you've got your equipment. Yeah, you, Deb, and I'd love to yeah. just like mm-hmm. comment on, because I think you make a great point of you need to do what the host, you yeah. know, how the host does it. So think about it this way. If you're going to somebody's house for dinner, they're probably going to decide what the meal is. And they might ask you for input, but you don't go over and say, oh, no, we're going to have salad instead of an appetite. Like, you know, you are a guest in right. their home. If mm-hmm. they want you to take your shoes off, you take your shoes off. Okay. And if they <laughs> say bring dessert, you don't bring salad. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you need to be you know, mindful that it is not your home (laughs) that you're Mm -hmm. going in. I had just recently, there was one of my clients had a guest booked and the guest said, you know, he, my client records his podcast on a conference call line. He's done it for five years. He is not about to change now. Okay. So, but this guest said, oh no, we need to record on Skype with the video on. And my client said, that's no, that's not how I do my podcast. And the Mm -hmm. client was like, well, you'll see, you know, I have all this experience, blah, blah, blah. And so they canceled. I was like, okay, well, I guess this is not a good fit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. And and there are definitely, you know, you are a guest on their program. And so you need to follow their rules. Um, I have turned down people who want to be guests for a variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. Uh, One was, and, and this was something that, you know, there, there was no, negotiating on this. I mean, this was, this was going to happen or it wasn't. It was a woman who is an expert in her field. You know, I knew that the interview would be absolutely fabulous, but the woman swears like a sailor (laughs) and, you know, and, and I, I actually can't follow her on social media because she, she writes that way also. Mm. And that's her personality, you know, and she's, you know, and, you know, and and I'm all for being authentic to your personality. I mean, you you don't want to not do that. But, you know, I told her, I said, this is, it is still radio. I mean, Mahai Radio is a radio station. Therefore, we right. cannot use those words that, you know, George Carlin tells us we can't use. <laughs> and she told me, she said, well, I can't talk without saying them. I said, well, then I'm terribly sorry. I can't have you on. Mm-hmm. Um, I had another gentleman one time that I was getting ready to interview him. You know, we were chatting before the program and he said, 
you know, do you have the ability to, to beep something? I said, well, yeah, I can go back in. And I said, why? And he said, because every once in a while I will say a bad word. And I said, okay, I can do that. I said, but, you know, I said, it's, you know, not, not preferable. And he did the cutest thing. He went and got his five-year-old and put her in the room with him. So he would remember not to curse. He does not (laughs) curse in front of her. And she colored, I mean, you know, and and we actually talked to her in the program. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. yeah, I, I have two little kids, so I know that. You know, and I will curse like a sailor if my kids aren't around and I know I'm like, because it's funny, I was down at a conference last week in Florida for PodFest and Mm -hmm. it was like, you know, when you're first there and then you realize, oh wait, there's no kids around. I can talk without like muting my language. (laughs) I can say, oh, shucky darns. (laughs) But, you know, now if you're being interviewed by someone who uses salty language and you're comfortable Mm -hmm. using that language, I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. you don't want to start dropping those bombs if, you know, if, if that's something that's really awkward to you, but mm-hmm. again, it's, it's their, their home. Um, and right. really folks think of it as that, you know, think of it as it is their home. And so you want to do what, what is comfortable for them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Great. Okay. So now someone has the equipment that they need and they, and so they've decided, okay, I can do this. I can get over my nervous butterflies, all those various things. What's next? How do they determine where, you know, who would be a great place for them to, to be a guest on their program? Well, the first thing you really have to get clear on why you want to be a guest, like what is your goal? What do you want to get out of being a guest on podcasts? And then who is the target audience? Because I mean, I know so many people come to me and they're like, well, I want to be on the biggest shows. Can you get me on smart passive income? Can you get me on the art of charm? And maybe, maybe not. But the question is, is that where you need to be to actually Mm -hmm. see results in your business? And I'd love to share a story that I plan on sharing on my panel at Social Media Marketing World. So I was at Social Media Marketing two years ago. And Michael Stelzner, who's the founder of the event and of Social Media Examiner, in his opening keynote, he talked about being a guest on podcasts and podcasting is growing. I'm like, okay, he gets it. He's really making a push for this. And I so he's a former client of mine. So we know each other. And so at the conference, I said, Hey, Michael, you know, it's awesome that you're telling everyone about being a guest on podcast. You know, that's what I do. I would love to be on your podcast on social media, the social media marketing podcast and talk about this. And he was like, he, he said, no, <laughs> like mm-hmm. not yet. You know, he's like, what you should do, Jessica, you, and this is two years ago. So a lot of, you know, happened between now and then, but he goes, what you need to do is you need to go out and be a guest on podcasts where it's in your niche, where there are, where it's hosted by other influencers and in podcasting. And it's speaking directly to your target audience. Do that first. Mm-hmm. And I was like a little bummed that he said no, because right. I really wanted to go be on his show, mm-hmm. but he pointed me in the right direction. So I was like, all right, well, I need to get myself on other shows, on smaller shows, on more targeted shows. So later that day, I met Paul Colligan, who is the host of The Podcast Report. And Paul Colligan is a consultant. He works with, you know, really successful business owners on their podcast. Mm -hmm. So it's a perfect person for me to connect with because we do different things, but we have the same target audience. And we're chatting, getting to know each other. He loved, like, what I did in my business. We extended an offer, like, I would interview him on my podcast. He would interview me. He's like, this is great. You know, let's interview each other. So go back from the conference. I have him on my podcast. It's an episode called um, a podcast keynote with Paul Colligan. If you want to look it up at jessicarodes.biz. And so I interviewed him on my show and then he's like, I want to have you on, but like not yet, you know, rebranding, just working on the, like there was all the things Mm -hmm. that it just kept getting put off. So I didn't go on his show for like a year and I'm thinking, well, I got him on my show, but I guess I'm not going to be on his. And then like a year later, he's like, he emails me. All right, let's do it. Let's come on the podcast report. I'm ready to interview you. So I went on the show. I think we recorded on Blab at the time. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, Blab. <laughs> and, Blab. Um, and somebody who heard me on his show reached out and was like, I just saw you. I saw because it, it was video. I just saw you on the podcast report. This is great. I want to sign up. And that client paid for six months up front. Like he opted wow. for my six months option. Option. Mm-hmm. So, and then that same client, because this was a couple years ago, he renewed for another year. So that wow. one interview, one person has generated well over $6,000 in mm-hmm. revenue in my business. And it's probably more because there's probably been referrals and other people mm-hmm. that didn't like outright say that I heard you on that show. So honestly, I 
intended on, oh, I'm going to get on the biggest marketing podcast on iTunes. Mm-hmm. The host says no, referred me to a much, I mean, basically pointed me in the direction of being on a much smaller podcast, but where every single listener is somebody that is interested in right. podcasting and mm-hmm. it was the best fit. So I tell you that story to point out that it's not about being on really big shows. It's about really getting clear on who your target audience is. For me, it was not about being on the social media marketing podcast. It was about being on podcasts where people are listening who want to learn about podcasting. Mm -hmm. So that is the story that paints that picture for you. I hope that helps. (laughs) Well, and you know, the the easy thing is, is to Google, you know, or go to iTunes and search and things. Um, you and, and you talk in your book about the fact that it might not seem like a good fit, but you know, think about how you can get your message across in a different type of program. Yeah, exactly. It really helps, honestly, to be on shows where it's where there are different kinds of fits. My client, Dr. Carrie, was on a podcast. Now, Dr. Carrie is a functional medicine doctor. Mm-hmm. She is not a mother. We booked her on a show for moms, and she's mm-hmm. thinking, I mean, I don't have kids. I don't know why I'm on this right. show. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think this is a good fit. And we're like, Dr. Carrie, they need your expertise. Yes. Moms are, work. yeah, us. like this mm-hmm. show, they're, they're going to like the fact that you've got holistic health advice, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. Well, one of the people who listened reached out and said, do you help patients via Skype? Because she's in Canada. Uh-huh. This person was like in Massachusetts. And she's like, well, yeah, I can work with you on Skype. And so mm-hmm. she got a client out of a show where she thought, wow, this isn't really the greatest fit for me. But the people listening needed her content. They needed mm-hmm. her expertise. Right, right. You know, and, and it is so important to think about, you know, the, the numbers, you know, because we, we all want to be on the, the biggest and, and, you know, the because there's just something, you know, we think about it on Facebook. Well, we must have, you know, a million people who like our page and we must connect with 30,000 people on LinkedIn, you know, and, and all those things. Um, I'll share a story. In <laughs> my, my real life, I'm a PR and a marketing person. And we were representing this woman who had written this fantastic book. Her only goal you know, when she met with us, was to for us to get her on Oprah. And I looked at her and I said, not going to happen. <laughs> you know? and, and I said, okay, for a variety of reasons. And I said, you have a great book. You know, we're not going to dispute that. I said, it is a good book. It is fantastic. Lots of good information. You know, all sorts of stuff. I said, but you're a new author. I said, and Oprah doesn't typically interview, you know, and this was, you know, several years ago, obviously, uh, you know, she, you know, she was going to interview somebody who had sold more than five copies of her book right. you know, and, and things like that. I said, but more importantly, if you go on Oprah, will you be able to fulfill 30,000, 50,000 orders of your book? Because right. you self-published. Mm. And, and she looked at me and I said, yeah, that's why you're not going on Oprah. Um, I said, now we can work up to that. But for right now, you're going on, you know, much smaller markets where you might only sell 10 copies of your book, but then those 10 people go and tell 10 people and, you know, so forth and so on. So, you know, we really got our point across to her that bigger was definitely not better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a really great story of like, can you actually handle the effect right. of what Oprah will do for you? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other thing is to think about what you know, look at the back end of your business. You know, if somebody comes to your website, are they going to opt in? Is there an email marketing campaign that's going to nurture them into a client? And do you have services where, you know, getting a couple of clients into that, that's going to be, you know, give you a return on investment. Um, you know, I, one of my clients, like she keeps wanting to be on the bigger shows and, you know, have bigger results, but I go to her website and I'm like, I don't even know what you do based on your website. Mm -hmm. Like you're not clearly communicating. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you can be on the best show, but you won't see results because your website sucks. And, and let's talk more about that because that is so important because more than likely, you know, even if you're an author, I mean, you know, it, that's, that's a little bit different because you might be sending people to Amazon, mm-hmm. but people are going to look you up. So they're going to go to your website. They're going to go to social media and, and look for all of those various things. So talk to us about how important it is that you have set that foundation and set it well before you ever even start thinking about becoming a guest. Yeah. I mean, your online presence is key because people are like the first thing they're going to do is they're going to look you up on probably either Google or social media. They Mm want to check out who you are. So on social media, it's key that you do have some basic profiles and pages in place. And I don't even think it's that important nowadays to have, you know, thousands and thousands of followers because 
you know, when I first started booking podcast interviews back in 2013, people were obsessed with having guests that had a really big following. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy to say that people are kind of, uh, you know, why they, they've learned that that's not the key to a great guest is mm-hmm. how many followers they have, because right. let's face it, you can buy followers pretty easily. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's really about the content and the story. Um, and, uh, what kind of connection and relationship mm-hmm. you can have with that person. So having profiles where, I mean, let's just start with the basic. What is your profile picture? Like, right. is it you? I mean, yesterday somebody posted in a Facebook group, like, who's going to be at Social Media Marketing World? And, you know, I commented, I'm like, I'll be there and just plan for my, my panel session. And I clicked on her name to see who she was. I clicked through like six profile pictures, none of which were her. Like, right. they're like different pictures. And mm-hmm. it's like, from a business perspective, I, how can I come to know, like, and trust you if I don't even know what you mm-hmm. look like? So, that's key. Just having a good profile picture. And if it's going to be the same headshot in every page, that's great. I don't have the same photo on my personal profile that I do on my business page or my Twitter, but they're all different, but you can see who I am right, <laughs> in, right. in I each one. That way I know where I am when I'm posting. Exactly. Yeah. So that's really good. And then just having consistent content. And I use Meet Edgar um, to get my content out. I've done hundreds of videos and podcasts and blogs, and I'm not going to sit on social media all day manually posting them. So I've loaded everything into Meet Edgar. So Mm -hmm. Edgar can go through and post for me every day throughout the day. And so my followers and my fans and my friends can see that my I constantly have content coming out. It just keeps me on their radar. And we talked a little bit, I think in our pre-chat before the recording started, um, just about what you're posting to, because people Mm -hmm. will really judge you on that. Like they will Mm -hmm. unfollow you or follow you based on what you post. I unfollow people every day. When I see a stupid post that wastes my time, I unfollow because Mm -hmm. we have so much content being thrown at us every day that we don't have the time to take in content voluntarily that is not going to bring value to us or make us happy or make us smarter. Mm So I I unfollowed somebody just yesterday and, and, you know, to be clear, there's a difference between unfollowing and unfriending. When you unfollow, you're still connected. Mm -hmm. So they see your posts, (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. but you don't see their posts. But, you know, I had connected with this woman for a business reason. She and I are in, you know, several of the same business groups. She's a professional, all these things. And, you know, so she might be a potential client, might Mm -hmm. refer, eh, all that good stuff. Right. The only thing she ever posts, and, and actually when I decided to unfollow her, I looked through her timeline just to see, are inspirational messages. <laughs> and, but she posts like 20 of them in a row. Oh, yeah. When I see like so-and-so posted three uh, updates and it's like five mm-hmm. minutes apart, just know some basic Facebook etiquette. Right. It's not about posting every two seconds. That's mm-hmm. for Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so, you know, she posts like these 15 inspirational image posts and then nothing for hours and then 15 more. And, and so that's, but that's the only thing she's posting, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so she's not posting about her business her personal life, any of those, those things, you know, she only posts and, you know, and when there were 15 in a row, I'm like, oh, no, now if she did one every once in a while. That would have been great. But so many of them all the time, it's like, Mm-mm. and, and they were good messages. I mean, don't get me wrong. They were, they really <laughs> were inspirational messages, but I got zero sense of what she was like as a person from those. Right. And it's, you know, I think the important thing to remember is you're not going to please everyone. So you have to think about who your target market mm-hmm. is. So I'm like you, Deb, if I saw like 20 inspirational posts, I'm like, I'm a, you don't need to inspire me. Um, <laughs> like right. that doesn't resonate. But there's mm-hmm. people that are like, I love quotes. And so oh, yeah. maybe that's our target market. But I think right. it's, yeah, it's like important to know who are you trying to attract? Mm-hmm. Who do you want? You know, like, who would you like to have, you know, resonate with you? Um, so yeah, I think it's just important to know who your target market is and post content that's going to bring value to them. And if you're one of those people who is using Facebook only, only for personal use, and that's perfectly acceptable, make sure that you have it locked down so that your privacy settings are so high that the looky-loos like me aren't going to see that information. Um, you know, and, and, and then maybe consider having a public page, uh, mm-hmm. so that that's where you're, you're putting your business information, all of those other things that are out there. Yeah, I would, I mean, I know people, I have a one friend, she's an entrepreneur. She has two profiles. Actually, she has her personal profile with about family stuff and kids. And she actually mm-hmm. has a Facebook profile, but just mm-hmm. for her business right. contacts. And that works for her. Mm-hmm. I, 
in my opinion, I think it's really hard in this day and age to keep the two really separate. Right. Mm-hmm. So like what I did actually, cause I've got two little kids, my family and I will use an app called 23 snap. So I can share mm-hmm. all the pictures in the right. world for mm-hmm. just the people that I want to see mm-hmm. them. Um, so I think it's, yeah, if you are an entrepreneur and you only use your personal profile for like family and friends and you only have a business page, just know that you will, uh, probably miss out on some opportunities because Mm -hmm. people are going to want to friend you. And if they can't, they're not like, they're not going to see your page updates unless you're boosting every single post. So the reach is a lot smaller on Mm -hmm. the professional pages. Right. Now, when I was reading your book and yes, I read your book. Um, one of the things that it was, it was an aha moment for me when I was reading it, but the nice thing was it's something I've already done. Um, and that was if you want to be a guest more than once or twice, you know, so, so maybe this is something where you really recognize the importance of being a guest on a variety of podcasts. You need to have a person. <laughs> and, and by that, I mean someone who is researching and, you know, putting in those, those requests to be interviewed for you. And, you know, there's a variety of reasons for that, not the least of which is it frees up your time because, hello, you you do have other things you're supposed to be doing. Right. But it does give that increased level of professionalism. You know, right. if I get an email and it says, hi, I'm Bob and I'd like to be on your radio. <laughs> okay, I may still check out Bob. But if it says, hello, I am so-and-so and I am Jessica's assistant. I am, you know, I, we would be interested in knowing the parameters of being on your radio program. That's very different um, than, hi, I'm Bob. Um, you know, and, and so think about that, folks, because it's, it's very easy and can be very inexpensive. You know, there's, there's this lovely thing called virtual assistants um, where, you know, maybe you pay somebody 50 bucks a week to do this for you, but it increases your professionalism so much that you will definitely see the benefits. Yeah, I would honestly just put a little bit of caution into who you have doing yes. that. Oh, yes. Um, which I'm sure kind of goes without saying, but it sometimes doesn't because I get some really, really bad pitches. If you are going to have a virtual assistant do it there, you have to make sure that they're pitching you well and that they're doing all the research. So maybe we could take a minute and talk about like what kind of research you have to do before you send a pitch. So number one, it's like a checklist that you can have. So number one, make sure the podcast accepts guests. It's Mm -hmm. an interview-based show. It's very simple to go through their episodes, make sure that they're interviewing people on each episode. If it's a show that Mm -hmm. does not interview people, then don't pitch them. Um, Make sure that your pitches are, um, or for a show that is current, so if they haven't published an episode in three months, don't waste your time sending Mm -hmm. a pitch. Make Mm -hmm. sure the content is relevant. So this does take some time to make sure that what is your content, what do you talk about, who is your target audience, and then look at the show, look at what types of topics they're talking about, who is it for? Who like it'll say literally in the about description. This podcast is for small business owners, women entrepreneurs, whatever it is. Right. Do some research to figure out the answers to that. Mm-hmm. So you're confident that when you pitch yourself or when your assistant pitches you, it's actually a good fit. The pitch to a podcaster needs to be personalized. Mm -hmm. So when you're reaching out to the podcaster, that pitch needs to say, hey, like I see, you know, I like this. I like your show or um, and don't say that if you actually don't. Like I think podcasts are getting sick of people saying, I love your show when you Mm -hmm. you don't. You want to be on it. Like, let's just Mm -hmm. be honest. Um, (laughs) So say, you know, I understand this, what your show is about. This is what my client can talk about. Um, Mm -hmm. Here's the area of expertise. I can tell because you target this type of person that come to your show for this. Like paint the picture of why this is a good fit and then follow up. And it's okay to have kind of a templated pitch that you use, but make sure that you update that template with each person. It Mm -hmm. is going to look really bad if you pitch a podcaster and you forgot to change the name of the show to match their show. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's definitely happened. Um, and you know, I would be remiss if I didn't say that there are great agencies that will pitch you that have a lot oh, of yes, relationships. Yes, because you have an agency. Because I have so one. Go ahead, go and, ahead and pitch your agency. That's yeah, okay. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't want to be like, I'm not trying to do a pitch fest, but I've just seen a lot of people make mistakes by hiring $10 an hour VAs to pitch them. And mm-hmm. it honestly, they lose more money and time right? because of the mistakes that people who don't understand the podcasting industry make. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, my business is called interview connections and we have been booking podcast interviews for four years. So we know thousands of podcasters. We know what they want. We know how to find them. Um, so that's what we do. So we can help you get booked on shows. I think it's really fine. I actually do a lot of podcasts on my show about how to get yourself booked, how to pitch. And I've had mm-hmm. people that say, you know, I'm gonna have my assistant do this. I say, great, here's a bunch of podcasts, send them to your assistant so she can learn right. how to do it well, because mm-hmm. I don't need to serve every single client in the world. I want to make sure that everyone's doing it well because right. when people send bad pitches, it gives it gives me a bad name. It gives mm-hmm. booking agencies a bad name. So I'll get off my right. soapbox. But <laughs> well, but but that is definitely an option, and you have very reasonable pricing. You know, I, I looked at that, and and you know, and, and again, think of this, folks, as a business tool. You know, whether you use Jessica's interview connections or you know some other platform. It's just, it is a business tool, you know, so this is an advertising cost, a marketing cost, whatever it is that that you want to call it. And, you know, is it worth doing that as opposed to trying to do it yourself? Sure, you can, you know, and and whether it's a free service or a paid service, you know, but if you're having to spend several hours or more researching and finding, you know, a, a potential podcast to be guest on, and then contacting them and doing all of that, that is time that you could be doing something else, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so again, that's, you know, that's a, a great reason to use a service or to, to you know, have a VA who is doing that for you. You have better things to do with your time. Right. You want to spend your time on high revenue generating activities, you mm-hmm. know, business 101. Like if you want to grow your right. business and let's just say if you're the highest revenue generating activity, maybe it's $500 an hour for Mm -hmm. in your business and you could hire someone to get you on interviews and it would take you, you know, however much time, but you could hire somebody that would equate to like $200 an hour or even $50 Mm -hmm. an hour. It it makes more sense for you to outsource that. So it is putting the cart before the horse a little bit because Mm -hmm. you have to get that ROI, but Mm -hmm. you know, you got to invest in your business. You can't do everything yourself. Right. You know, and, and, it really is, again, folks, it's a great way to get your message out to people who have never heard about you or from you, mm-hmm. um, you know, totally different audience. I've interviewed people from Australia, from Wales, from Switzerland, obviously, you know, throughout the United States. And, you know, so it's a great way for people to be reaching people they never would have reached any other way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, let's transition now. And of course, you know, we're, we're transitioning and, and we don't have as much time as I had hoped to to talk about it. So it may just be that we have to have you on again <laughs> on to hosting your own program. You know, and, and I made the decision to do that after I was a guest on someone else's program on Mile High Radio. And then I thought, ooh, this is fun. I could do this. And, you know, and clearly I'm shy and, you know, all those various things. And, and you know, so it, it wasn't hard for me to sit down in front of a mic and, and chat with people. So you know, right. that, that obviously is one of the first considerations. But I made the decision to do this. And, and initially it was every other week. And then it was, okay, we can do this once a week. And now as of the 1st of January, we've transitioned into doing the program twice a week. Mm. That's a ton of work. I mean, you know, and, and we can right. talk a little bit about that later. But why should someone want to host their own podcast? Well, number one, owning your own media is an incredibly powerful tool that you can have mm-hmm. in your business. So we talked all about the benefits of being a guest on podcasts, but when you host your own show, you own the media and you start building a fan base and right. a community of listeners that come to you every week, mm-hmm. twice a week to hear what you have to say. It's a great business tool where you can actually connect with clients. So my podcast has recently been rebranded into the interview connections podcast. And it's a show where I actually will interview people that are my clients. So we get mm-hmm. to connect, but it also demonstrates to listeners and cool. you know potential clients. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Like these are the kinds of people that she works with. And they undoubtedly will on the show say like, oh yeah, I love working with interview connection. So I kind of like can air a little bit of a testimonial, mm-hmm. which is cool. Um, so it's a great business building tool. It's a way again for that no like and trust factor and also mm-hmm. to build up content for people to hear. So I had a client who signed up. She, you know, did an annual investment, which is just shy of $5,000. And she signed up after hearing one episode of my podcast. Mm -hmm. So it's very powerful for people to, they come, they hear an episode, they get to know you and they sign up. Um, Also, Mm -hmm. if people hear you on other shows and they liked you as a guest, 
if you have a podcast that you produce, then they'll subscribe to your show and listen to you every week. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and then you need to, you know, we're going to kind of skip ahead to some of the things like making it available on iTunes mm-hmm. and things because, you know, as I mentioned, this broadcasts live on Mile High Radio at a specific time. Right. Absolutely love that. It means I have to meet that schedule. I right. Mean, you know, and, and, you know, so that is one of the distinct benefits to doing that. Plus, I have their reach, you know, and their promotion, all those various things. But then it is uploaded to iTunes and to my own website, as I mentioned, because there's far more people who listen at their leisure or on demand than actually listen to the program live. Absolutely. So you have to take those steps. Yes, absolutely. People are really moving away from radio at Mm -hmm. rapid speed because most listeners are not going to listen when you say that you are live. It's good to Mm -hmm. have a consistent release schedule, like to know that every week at, you know, every week at 6 a.m., every Wednesday at 6 a.m., this is when my podcast goes live, but people will listen whenever they feel like it. So my Mm -hmm. podcast will get about, you know, 300 downloads by the end, like 30 days after it goes live. But the first day it has like 50 downloads. Right. People Mm -hmm. listen throughout the month, throughout the week, whenever Mm -hmm. they have time. Um, And they also will search and find shows that they like. So the iPhone has the podcast app native on it. So people Mm -hmm. can go to their iPhone, search, you know, for a topic that they're interested in and find a show. But if you're only on radio or it's only online, then you're missing out on people that are actually searching through things like iTunes and Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Play. So it is really important to be on all of those outlets because not everyone has an iPhone. Some people have an Android. Some people just want to listen on your website. So you want to have a a website with a blog feature where you're posting an actual MP3 player that people can just click play and listen on their computer. Right. You know, and and if you've done your uh, site on WordPress, there's tons of widgets and plugins. Check them out, you know, before you actually start using those. I made that mistake. I'm rebranding my website and um, actually launching a new website. And so I'm transitioning over. And so the the first media player that I did, and I paid for it. Oh. <laughs> that a lot. I mean, it was like $19, so not a big deal. Yeah. Because most plugins are not a, all that expensive. Um, but it was definitely not user friendly. Mm. It did not do what I wanted it to do. And, you know, and, and so the, the way that I found the player that I like is through somebody else's podcast. Mm. I like how theirs looks on their website. And so I contacted them and, and I said, hey, you know, what player do you use? And they were more than happy to tell me what it was. So, you know, that was just a, a simple way for me to get one that I liked, that, that I liked how it looked, and I liked that it was very user-friendly. Nice. Yeah, it's great to just kind of search around and see what you like. I mean, I host my podcast on Libsyn, and they have a lot of different media players that you can just embed from, mm-hmm. from their interface onto your website. Right. Well, and I use Buzzsprout. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing. You know, you pay. Now, if you're not doing a lot you know, as in, you know, many hours a month, there's mm-hmm. usually a free version. I use the paid version and I think mm-hmm. Libsyn is, is probably the same way. But again, not a lot of money. I mean, it's $25 a month, I believe is what I pay for Buzzsprout. So the cool thing is it uploads the program to iTunes. So I don't have to worry about that. I mean, I did have to go and, and set up, you know, the account there, but it walked me through the process. You know, this was not, let's see how many brain cells I can kill, you know, all those <laughs> various things. Um, but the, the one of the cool things, and I know Libsyn does this also, they, it provides stats. Mm-hmm. Because that's something that you always, and you really talk about this in your book a lot. Yeah. Looking at your trends, you know, what programs were the most popular, um, you know, and, and let's be honest, folks, we're not talking hundreds of thousands of listeners, you know, mm-hmm. unless you are really the big guy. So, you know, but, but you still can have some pretty decent numbers. So I've, you know, I've, I've got Buzzsprout open right now. So I'm looking mm-hmm. and it's very interesting to me because it gives me the most popular episodes. And the one that has the most plays right now is over a year old. Wow. So, yeah. you know, however, I, you know, and, and I, I believe he has embedded it on his website and, you know, all these various things. But, you know, so here's here's just the stats as of right now. The last seven days, my podcast has been listened to. And now this doesn't count Mile High Radio. So the actual live. So this this is just from people listening when they have have gone to my website. Mm-hmm. So 171 plays in the last seven days. The last 30 days is 1,806. 
Now, you know, I'm, I got some pretty good numbers here. I'm proud mm-hmm. of these numbers, but mm-hmm. I've been doing this for years. Right, right. That's 90 days, 4,744. And my all-time total plays, you're going to love this, Jessica, <laughs> 59,000. Wow, that's just, awesome. Just under that. But I still look at the trends. Yeah. You know, what programs really worked best? Yes. Does that mean I need to actually have that person on again? Yeah. Or was it a topic that was good? So that gives you a good idea as to who to reach out to for a guest. Yeah, I would definitely, yeah, I would emphasize that because you can look at a lot of different stats. The most important stat to look at is how many downloads an actual like one episode gets 30 days after it releases. So you can log into your, like I just logged into my Lipson account so I can share too. So right now it's March 7th. So the episode I released a month ago um, was called how to get real estate investors with podcast interviews. And it has Mm -hmm. 216 downloads 30 days after releasing. So Mm -hmm. Uh, the feed, which is the podcast that um, Libsyn hosts, they will give stats like they'll look at the stats every month. And so they'll update this. But the when I wrote the blog post about audience sizes, um, what they had said was that if your episode gets 165 downloads 30 days after it publishes, you're doing better than half the podcast on iTunes. Um, and, and really it's half the podcast on Libsyn, but more podcasts are hosted on Libsyn than other servers. So that's, Mm -hmm. it's about right. Um, so that's something to look at because people are like, well, I, you know, I've heard people say I have 10,000 downloads an episode. Is that good? Like people don't even know. And it's like, yeah, "Yeah, that is really good. (laughs) Yeah. But, but, you know, again, it's the right people, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe, and, and you mentioned this in your book. I mean, you know, there are somewhere 10, you know, 10 downloads, but those were the right 10 downloads. Mm -hmm. And and so, you know, that's the the key that people really need to keep in mind. Exactly. So now as a host, one of the things that is probably the biggest challenge, you know, so we're going to assume we've got the right equipment, we've got the right social presence and, and I'm working on mine, you know, as I mentioned, I'm rebranding, redoing. So, you know, definitely redoing all of my stuff. Um, but you know, so we've got that great social presence, all of those various things. But of course, the, the, the biggest challenge is getting guests. Mm-hmm. So how do you, and, and we've got, you know, we've got a little over five minutes left. So, you know, we're going to have to kind of buzz through this. Yeah. But as a host, how do you find good guests? And it's okay. Plug yourself again. <laughs> well, you could hire interview connections. So I'll give you some. <laughs> so, I mean, knowing what kinds of guests you want. So I really think that, you know, after two and a half years of podcasting, I've figured out that having a topic driven show is most important because you want to have your show, you want to have control over the message. So for the first year and a half of my podcast, it was really guest driven. I, mm-hmm. I chose the guests and we interviewed whatever their expertise was, was whether mm-hmm. it was Twitter or whether it was podcast podcasting or financial freedom. Like it was kind of all over the map. Water basket reaving. It was all, it was all over the map. And I liked it because I liked each of my guests. A lot of them were clients. Mm -hmm. So it was beneficial, but I had such a watered down audience because I was talking about all these different topics. Mm -hmm. So I took a step back. I'm like, all right, why am I podcasting? Well, to grow my business. Okay. What is my business? It's a guest booking agency for podcasts. Hmm. Maybe I should focus on podcasting primarily. Like even the people that are the quote unquote experts, sometimes we need to give ourselves our own advice. Mm -hmm. So I rebranded. Um, I actually, at that time didn't even rebrand. I just started changing this, the topics of the show. And Mm -hmm. so I laid out, all right, I'm going to lay out topics that are what my listeners want. And then if I want to have guests on, I'll find a guest that can support that. So for example, I said, all right, I want to do an episode about how to get on the biggest podcast. And so I thought, okay, okay, who would be a good guest? Oh, well, I just saw Josh Elledge. We had a great conversation about this. He'd be a perfect person Mm -hmm. to bring on. So figuring out, like list out, you know, 10 topics that you want your podcast to teach and then figure out who the experts are in those topics. I would first Mm -hmm. look at your inner circle. You know, who are you connected with? Who are your clients? Who are your friends? Who's on, you know, even if you post on Facebook, see who is connected with you. That is an expert in what you want to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you can look at authors who who's written books on the subject, look at other podcasts, like what other podcasts are out there that are talking about this subject and find out either who's hosting those shows, because it's great to interview other podcasters because they know the drill, um, Mm -hmm. or interview people who have been on podcasts talking about the subject. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and, and 
you know, we're, we've briefly mentioned it, but again, you know, you're uh, a good resource, which is yeah. interviewconnections.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I get a lot of my guests through a new service that I discovered called radioguestlist.com. Yeah. You know, great resource. And, and what you do is you put in there exactly what you're looking for mm-hmm. so that you're not getting the underwater basket weaving people, you know, all those various <laughs> things. And, you know, and, and then you go through and, and, and I have a form on my website that guests use when they, you know, when they want to become a guest. So that's kind of the initial kind of weeding out process. Mm-hmm. If they either don't fill that out or don't give me the information that I need, then, you know, no, you know, and, and it's okay to tell folks no, you know, if it's yeah. not a good fit, it's not going to be a good fit for them either. You know, I've had people who have approached me with some absolutely great topics, but it's just not a good fit. Now, the nice thing is I can typically refer them to someone else, you know, and, mm-hmm. and so that's, that's always really good, but you know, it, it makes sure that it's a good fit for both you and the guest. Right. Exactly. I totally agree. You know, and, and, it's, uh, you know, and, and then again, you have to have the right equipment. You have to have, you know, the good mic, you know, uh, and, and folks, you absolutely positively must have a really good internet connection. Um, you know, the, the worst thing is if you're talking to your guest and you're, well, it's, it's, you know, <laughs> it, no, 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 bad, 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 bad. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and we recently upgraded our internet service provider because who we had before couldn't guarantee that I was going to have a really good connection. Right. And, and my little tip is my computer, my desktop system is actually hardwired to the modem. I don't do this over Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and so that gives me a little extra boost. I do the turn everything off, turn everything back on, you mm-hmm. know, all of those various things. But, um, you know, the software that I use is, you know, we, we mentioned before Skype. And then I use it, and it was fun that, you know, it was the same one Jessica recommends because I'm always gratified to know, ooh, I picked right. <laughs> um, software called Pamela. Yeah. Which, and that's what we use to record. And that just sounds absolutely the strangest thing in the world. But it's actually what Skype recommended. Um, mm-hmm. And it's great software. You know, knock on wood, all these years I've ever had a problem once. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and so I use Pamela. Again, I use the, the paid version. Yeah. Um, because the free version, I believe, only lets you record five minutes at a time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pony yeah, up yeah. the uh, 20 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, and again, folks, we're talking, if you want to become a podcaster, it's probably under 500 bucks, you know, by the time you, you do the good mic, you know, all these various things, this is not a major expense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now are there, you know, can you upgrade it? Sure. I mean, I know people who have mixing boards, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and really expensive stuff and all of this. Honestly, I can't tell the difference when I listen to their program and somebody who, you, you know, who used something else. Right. Um, you know, I use software called audible to edit the program. Um, there's tons of, of, you know, audacity that does that audacity. Oh yes. Sorry. Um, I was audacity. like, wow, audible yeah, does audible. audio editing now. <laughs> yeah, wrong, wrong A word. Um, audacity, audacity, audacity. Um, <laughs> and, and that one is free. So that's kind of the cool thing about that. But you know, there really is so much information out there that, you know, it, it really is pretty easy to be doing this. Yeah. Absolutely. Great. Well, uh, Jessica, <laughs> we are at the top of the hour and, and I really want to talk more about this. So this definitely means we have to have you back on again because it is such a great tool for business owners to actually host their own podcast. Yeah, I totally um, agree. And, and so I want to go into much more depth about it. So that just means we'll have you on again. But until then, how do people find you online and connect with you? Yeah, well, we talked a little bit about my book. So I'd love to send people to interviewconnectionsbook.com. My book is it's paperback. You can get it for free. There's just a shipping and handling charge. So at interviewconnectionsbook.com, you'll get all the content that we talked about in today's episode and, a, and with lots more. So if right. that's... Because we didn't talk about video and Jessica uses video. Yes. <laughs> so there's a lot of great stuff there. So if you're interested in podcasting, check out my book. There's some other you know, um, offers and bonuses as well. Once you get the book, um, if you want to check out my podcast or my videos, my blog, go to Jessica Rhodes. That's R H O D E S Jessica Rhodes dot B I Z. Great. Great. And you know, all your social media connections are there, all those various things, because of course we go check those out just like you said. Yes. (laughs) Perfect. Well, I have been having a fabulous time talking with Jessica Rhodes about how to 
not only be a guest on podcasts, but to host your own. And as I mentioned, we will have her on again because this was such great information. So to be continued. (laughs) Great. Well, Jessica, thank you again. Thank you. And to everyone out there, have an absolutely fabulous day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.